Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This will be a really good show. I'm going to talk a little about the Equal Protection Clause and show people that the box they've been put in by constitutional conservatives and the liberal jokers who work together is a scam and it can never work. And I have an absolute proof that what the Supreme Court says about it's not true and everything you've been told about it's a lie. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell people the truth. And the truth is that I was a constitutional conservative for many, many years and believed all that stupid crap pushed it, tried to convince people of the brilliance of the document and the founders and the rights and all this stuff. And then about 25 years ago, I got the internet and I started nosing around and in fairly short order, I figured out it was just a scam. It was a complete lie. I'd been lied to. Constitutional conservatism is a grift to keep me on a tax paying plantation. And when I figured that out, I became self-certified as a master practitioner and I don't need those liars anymore. I've also given myself a lifetime achievement award for all the fantastic work I've done with these podcasts, educating people. And when the movie Jones Plantation is finally actually fully released, I think I'm going to give myself the Medal of Freedom Award, which is the highest medal that any citizen can bestow upon themselves for their fantastic work in freedom. And I think I've earned that too. (laughs) I love fake awards because they really highlight how absurd official credentials are. And that's the point of giving myself these awards. All right, let's go ahead and get the show going. So I want to make a show today about the so-called Equal Protection Clause and the way the thing has been completely and totally distorted. I've got an argument that absolutely destroys the so-called interpretation we've been given and the entire narrative we function under. And the reason I'm doing this one, and I'll probably have to do several shows on this, is because all of this trans shit, this gender fluid stuff, all this nonsense... Equal protection, equal protection, my constitutional right, equal protection. It's all complete nonsense. The federal constitution is not about that. It has really almost nothing to do with it. And in fact, the long history of the country is that there's obviously not equal protection under the law and that nobody would even know what that means in the context we're given because there's so many different ways to think about it. First of all, Equal protection of the laws versus state action compared to equal protection of the right to not be so-called discriminated against by individuals and private businesses. (laughs) Those are two hugely different things. And of course, they're all shoved together in this absolute joke of a so-called analysis. And we get the so-called law on it by the Supreme Court making these absurd decisions with all these preposterous three-pronged tests and analysis and everything else. If people think that the government is going to treat everyone equally, that's a fantasy. The entire purpose for government is to make sure that the people don't get treated equally, that the people who have the advantage of government get a better deal. That's the entire purpose of it. But all of this discussion now about the trans and the gender fluid and the multiple different genders and whether you have to bake a cake for somebody or can't let them in or you have to hire a trans joker to sit at your desk when you're having a receptionist, it never ends. We've got the Supreme Court finding the right of same-sex people to get married. It's completely absurd. 
the string of different kinds of contradictory, nonsensical, so-called findings and holdings from the Supreme Court is all absurd. And there's absolutely no agreement about any of this stuff. Most of all, because there's really no definition of what it would mean to treat somebody equally anyway. Once you get away from a law that actually holds that a certain class of people will be treated differently by that law, once you've moved away from that, you're in complete fantasy land. And of course, there haven't been any laws like that on the books in decades and decades and decades. And even then, the actual amendment itself, which they rely on, which is a 14th Amendment, has shown again and again, even from the Supreme Court, the opinions make no sense. But I want to discuss it and show people initially just how far off the fundamental analysis is. This idea that it's a constitutional basis that our country's built on and all this other shit. There's absolutely no truth to any of that. See, there's absolutely no truth to any of it. The simplest proof is in the fact that the only even thing you can begin to point to, which could even theoretically claim this equal protection nonsense is not in the Constitution at all. It's in an amendment to the Constitution. So, until we had the 14th Amendment, there was nothing in the Constitution at all to even point to. So it's not a founding principle in any form or fashion of the government. None. It's not even arguable. Because if it was, then you wouldn't have needed a 14th Amendment. <laughs> you wouldn't have. And so... You can know that all discussions about it being a foundational principle of this country are not true because we didn't even have anything that the court can point to until after the Civil War. And at that point, it was the 14th Amendment, which, of course, was never actually properly ratified in any form or fashion. And even just a cursory review of what Wikipedia even says about it proves that. You can't possibly have an amendment that's been properly ratified when the states themselves that ratify it have to have their governments pulled out and have a military government put in in order to approve it. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's idiotic. You can argue about whether it's a good idea to have it or not, but there's no question that it wasn't ever properly ratified. It's just not even close. And then on top of that, nobody even knows what this 14th Amendment language says. I'm going to read the brief part of the 14th Amendment that people point to and show you how this is all nonsense. Section 1 says, All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of a state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. That's what it says. Um, was there a lot of debate about this? Was the intent of this to create a situation where we have gay marriage and you have gay drag shows and trans drag shows going on in elementary schools because that's your constitutional right? Is that what it was designed to do? <laughs> no, it wasn't. In fact, there was almost no debate at all over this whole entire idea of equal protection of laws. The important thing was this so-called privileges and immunities of citizens of the United States. And these are all terms of art, legal terms of art. And they have absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with so-called equal protection as it's been interpreted today.
Nothing whatsoever. And the Supreme Court cases themselves make that clear. But there's an absolute airtight argument that proves that none of the stuff the Supreme Court says about equal protection and the way they've interpreted it makes any damn sense whatsoever. And do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? It's the 19th Amendment. <laughs> People know the 19th Amendment? The 19th Amendment is the one that gave women the right to vote. It did. It gave them the right to vote. That's the one they had to get an actual amendment to the Constitution in order to get the so-called equal protection of the Constitution. Well, I thought we just had the equal protection clause. Isn't that what we're told all the time? How could the equal protection clause mean anything even remotely like we're told? if there had to be yet another constitutional amendment in order to give women the right to vote? How? How could that possibly exist? How can those two things exist together? How can the Equal Protection Clause protect gay marriage, can protect all this LGBTQ crap, protect all these different crazy things that you're not allowed to do this and you have to bake a cake or not bake a cake? How can any of those things come up? If something as fundamental as women having the right to vote is something that also required a constitutional amendment after the Equal Protection Clause was there, how? How can that exist? How? It's a simple question, right? It's no different than the fact that the government has absolutely no authority to outlaw drugs like they do. And we can know that because they had to pass a constitutional amendment to outlaw alcohol. Prohibition required a constitutional amendment. How? If government can just write down a schedule, put anything it wants on there, claim the FDA can ban this and ban that and make it a federal crime this and federal crime that to possess this or grow that. How? If it required a constitutional amendment to outlaw alcohol. See, it's not possible. That's proof that the federal government doesn't have it. And the 19th Amendment proves that the Equal Protection Clause does not do anything that the Supreme Court claims it does today. You see that? Because if it did, it would be taken up in some form or fashion with either this privileges and immunities issue or this equal protection of the laws and nobody depriving them of life, liberty, property, due process of law, etc. You can see how none of those things are possibly covered in the 14th Amendment. They can't be. They can't be anything like we're told, because if it was anything like we're told, then you would never need a 19th Amendment. You see that? You also would never need a, an amendment to allow 18-year-olds to vote. You see, you would never need that if this thing says anything like we're told. Do people understand how simple that is? Do you see how totally and completely screwed up the analysis is, the discussion of it is, everything about it is completely made up. See, there's absolutely no truth to the idea that the Equal Protection Clause is or does anything about trans rights, <laughs> uh, gay marriage, <laughs> abortion, <laughs> not abortion, flip-flopping. <laughs> and in fact, in the early 1880s, the original Civil Rights Act, which was passed in 1866 during Reconstruction, when the South had been completely denied 
any representation in Congress during Reconstruction, which is why I did all those different shows on Reconstruction and Lincoln and all the insanity, because so much insanity came up from there. This is also why I did that entire show, proving that the 14th Amendment was never ratified, because it's such a centerpiece for all the abuse. See, the country is not governed in any way by the will of the people. It's governed by these made-up cases and then this made-up laws that the Congress has no authority to pass. None. It has absolutely no authority to pass any of these civil rights cases and laws and stuff. It just doesn't have any authority to do any of it. There's never been any discussion. There's never been any agreement about any of it. Even Wikipedia itself discusses this thing in ways that are hilarious to me. And if you know what you're reading, when you read it, you'll see all the crazy stuff that's in there. And I want to read a little bit about what Wikipedia says about the Equal Protection Clause under its history, just so people can get an idea of what I'm talking about and see how insane it all is and how none of it fits with what the Supreme Court says. And probably in another show, I'll discuss some of the different Supreme Court opinions and how all over the board they are and these insane analysis they dream up with the Goldilocks, three different types of tests with the strict scrutiny, the intermediate scrutiny, and the rational basis scrutiny. And in fact, now they even have a fourth one that's called the ad hoc, which is a combination of them, none of which are inside of the language I just showed you, and in which actually almost none of this was discussed during the so-called ratification process. And then the Supreme Court struck down the civil rights laws that had been passed in 1866, even though it had the 14th Amendment in front of it. And then magically, they become somehow constitutional, basically 100 years later in the 1960s, even though there's been absolutely no additional change to the Constitution in any amendment form. It just gets amended and altered and changed through Supreme Court opinions, which are not agreed to. They're not even unanimous, and they contradict each other again and again and make no sense together. And so it's a great example of how we are ruled by a set of arbitrary opinions written that make no sense that nobody's ever agreed to and in which the Constitution itself does not make them the law of the land. But let's look at a little bit about what Wikipedia says about the background of the Equal Protection Clause. Although the Equal Protection Clause is one of the most cited ideas in legal theory, it received Little attention during the ratification of the 14th Amendment. (laughs) You like that? You like that? I mean, think about that. Think of how many things are turned up on their head now because of this trans shit and everything else. All the stuff have received little attention. In fact, we required the 19th Amendment. Let's continue. Instead, the key tenet of the 14th Amendment at the time of its ratification was the Privileges and Immunities Clause. This clause sought to protect the privileges and immunities of all citizens, which now included black men. Yes, as I've told you, privileges and immunities all that mattered. And in fact, the privileges and immunities, most people don't even know what they mean. And in fact, for all practical purposes, they've been read out except for the most extreme, strange, very specific technical situations. Most people have no idea what they are, what the distinctions are, but people imagine that privileges and immunities and equal protection kind of all run together, and they don't. They're very, very different things. They're very, very different things. The scope of this clause was substantially narrowed following the slaughterhouse cases in which it was determined that a citizen's privileges and immunities were only ensured at the federal level 
and that it was a government overreach to impose the standard on the states. Of course, everybody in law school reads about the slaughterhouse cases. How many people know there's any difference between being a citizen of the United States and being a citizen of the state and having privileges and immunities in a state versus privileges and immunities at the federal level? Yeah, nobody, see? This is what I'm talking about. This is the complete and total obliteration of any so-called rule of law. And the public discussion, it's just completely gone. It's been idiocracy down to way below what would have been the lowest common denominator back when they knew they needed a constitutional amendment to outlaw alcohol and to give women the right to vote. Now we're off literally in this trans drag show fantasy land where the federal government can do whatever it wants and people just argue about whether or not it's fair or not fair or hurts their feelings or something else. This country has absolutely nothing to do with any of the constitutional foundations that are supposedly there. The constitutional conservatives discuss nothing. And constitutional conservatives never bring any of this up. Have you ever heard any of this being discussed by any constitutional conservative? No, all you hear about is how, well, this isn't it, and this isn't the founding. I'm all for not discriminating, but you can't make laws like this. It's, they don't show you how fundamentally it's been completely and totally screwed up and how it's never made any sense and that the Supreme Court's never had any authority to do any of the things it claims to have. <laughs> Let's read a little bit more of this hilarious uh, discussion. Even in this halting decision, the court still acknowledged the context in which the amendment was passed, stating that knowing the evils and injustice the 14th Amendment was meant to combat is key in our legal understanding of its implications and purpose. Well, what evils was it intended to get rid of? Having the law treat black people as slaves. <laughs> That's what it was intended to do. Get rid of the ways the law treats black people as slaves. All the rest of it is just made up nonsense. It was not in any way intended to create a society where you had to hire a black person into your law firm, hire a black person to be a reception if you don't want them, to require black people to hire white people to teach their kids, require black people to hire white people in any form or fashion. People are free to do what they want. You're never, ever going to be able to legislate that. There's discrimination in every form. They discriminate against unattractive people. They're some of the most discriminated people ever. Short men, massively discriminated against. Is the Equal Protection Clause designed to stop that? Do you have to stop having height and weight restrictions on any dating app? Can you get sued for failing to date the proper kind of person because you didn't want to date them because they were fat or tall or skinny? <laughs> or had a big ass or didn't have a big enough ass. <laughs> I don't get it. They had blue eyes instead of brown eyes or brown eyes instead of blue eyes or long hair. People, you're never going to get rid of this stuff. The Equal Protection Clause has absolutely nothing to do with what we're told now. Nothing whatsoever. It's completely absurd. Let's read a little bit more of what Wikipedia says. With the abridgment of the Privileges or Immunities Clause, legal arguments aiming at protecting black American rights became more complex. And that is when the Equal Protection Clause started to gain attention for the arguments it could enhance. <laughs> you got that? You got that? So see, once the Supreme Court really actually said something that made sense, like it did in the slaughterhouse cases, 
Well, then you're off into untethered fantasy land of discussing the Equal Protection Clause because, as usual, they can't get in a constitutional amendment because you can't get any agreement about any of this stuff they want to do. And so they shove it down everybody's throats with these Supreme Court opinions that are all over the board, making no damn sense, claiming that somehow these things are interpreting the Constitution, and none of them are. Let's read a little bit more of this because Wikipedia is funny because it's obviously just a completely ridiculous research tool, but it's interesting for what they allow in there. And you can see how absurd all this is. During the debate in Congress, more than one version of the clause was considered. Here is the first version. The Congress shall have power to make laws which shall be necessary and proper to secure to all persons in the several states equal protection and the rights of life, liberty, and property. (laughs) Uh, You like that? One of the congressmen or something said that this version confers upon Congress the power to see to it that protection given by the laws of the state shall be equal in respect to life and liberty and property to all persons. Here's what they were talking about in Congress when it comes to this. You'll see there's no discussion whatsoever about any of the nonsense that it comes up with. And it's exactly like you would expect, trying to protect black people from the direct abuses that were going on. It prohibits the hanging of a black man for a crime for which the white man is not to be hanged. It protects the black man and his fundamental rights as a citizen with the same shield which it throws over the white man. Ought not the time to be now passed when one measure of justice is to be meted out to a member of one caste while another in a different measure is meted out to the member of of another caste? Both castes being alike citizens of the United States, both bound to obey the same laws, to sustain the same burdens of the government? And both equally responsible to justice and to God for the deeds done in the body. Yes, of course. That's what it's about. You can't make laws up to say white people can do X, Y, and Z and get away with it and black people can't. Or Chinese people can't. Or Mexicans can't. That's what it's about. You can't punish people based upon their race. The state can't pass these laws. That's the purpose of it. Think how far we are from that. It doesn't require that the state can insist that you guys all mix together. It doesn't require that. (laughs) And of course, you saw even separate but equal. That was passed right afterwards. So the meaning of this clause, the meaning of the entire thing is completely and totally ridiculous. Are you catching on? Am I making myself clear? (laughs) Are people seeing that the fundamental narrative, the construct in which people are placed as a result of 150 years, basically, of Supreme Court screwing around and then the commies who represent the liberals and the con-cons who represent the controlled opposition convincing people that this equal protection clause is something it's not. If people want the kind of insanity we've gotten as a result of this equal protection clause, then they need to express that in a direct, clear fashion under the Constitution with a constitutional amendment. It doesn't work to point to a clause that has absolutely no possible meaning like that and, in fact, has been interpreted all over the board. And when it is obvious as hell, it doesn't mean what they say, because if it did, then you'd never need a 19th Amendment to give women the right to vote. How could it not be included? (laughs) How could it not be included? All people. Where are these so-called categories and classifications? How'd they come up with race, sex, gender, nationality, all this crap. None of that stuff's mentioned in there. There's there's no basis for that, preventing so-called discrimination. Just a made-up thing. 
It's all made up and the court has rejected it multiple different times in opinions that make perfect sense. And then they start dreaming up all these things, these three different kinds of ways you're supposed to interpret it. In fact, I'm going to give you a little taste for it. I'm going to give you a little bit of taste for how this supposedly works. And that is that if you have any kind of lawsuit and you bring the lawsuit against the government and you have a so-called civil rights case, here's what Cornell Law School in its general description of it says about those kinds of lawsuits in general. Based on the type of discrimination alleged, the individual will first need to prove that the governing body actually discriminated against the individual. The individual will need to prove that the governing body's action resulted in actual harm to them. Okay, so first of all, this proves once again that the Supreme Court has absolutely no authority to hear cases in general and make statements. See, you have to prove it actually resulted in harm to them. And it has to show that you've been discriminated against. Well, what's discrimination? What is it? Completely open term. Again, they have all these different prong tests. But it goes on. After proving this, the court will typically scrutinize the governmental action in one of three ways to determine whether the governmental body's action is permissible. These three methods are referred to as strict scrutiny, intermediate scrutiny, and rational basis scrutiny. <laughs> are any of those things mentioned in the text of the amendment? No, they're not. See, this is just completely made up. When to apply it, when not to apply it, how it applies, what the standard is, what it means to strictly scrutinize something, what it means to provide intermediate scrutiny, what it means to provide rational basis to any law made up. No way to know. The court will determine which scrutiny the individual will be subject to, relying on legal precedent to determine which level of scrutiny to use. It is important to note that courts have combined elements of two of the three tests to create an ad hoc test. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see how utterly and completely ridiculous all of this is? Do you see how absolutely none of this makes any sense whatsoever with what we're told? And it never will. And you're never going to get answers to the questions they've divided everybody up with in this trans rights, LGBTQ, corporations or citizens kind of thing where the Supreme Court is unhinged from any reality and is free to simply contradict itself by having Plessy versus Ferguson in one situation and then Brown versus Board overrule it when there's been absolutely no change to the Constitution. So if the Supreme Court concluded that separate but equal is all it requires, that's supposedly constitutional law and applies. If you don't amend the Constitution, there's absolutely no possible constitutional basis, even if you want to believe the Supreme Court had the authority to interpret it for everybody. It certainly has absolutely no authority to reverse itself and then find that the thing means something completely different than what it found before. It doesn't have any authority to do all these different things. It simply doesn't. And you can see from the language how simple it is, how it just gets expanded out into this ever more complex insanity and I've got a whole list of different kinds of equal protection cases that I'm going to kind of go through and give you a flavor for the way the Supreme Court has been all over the place. But I'm not going to do it in this show. I wanted to explain to people that when you hear people arguing about due process and equal protection, they're just made up. Not only do they come from an amendment that was never possibly even remotely 
legitimately ratified. Anybody who investigates will see. And in fact, even Wikipedia has to admit that the whole thing makes no sense when it comes to ratification. Anybody who's interested should go ahead and listen to my show on that. But let me give you a little bit of an idea of what Wikipedia itself says regarding the ratification. Because I think it'll help people because a lot of people are not familiar with this and how basic and obvious it was. Okay, So let me read a little bit of what Wikipedia says about ratification. With the return to the originalist interpretations of the Constitution, many wonder what was intended by the framers of the Reconstruction Amendments at the time of their ratification. The 13th Amendment abolished slavery, but to what extent it protected other rights was unclear. After the 13th Amendment, the South began to institute black codes, which were restrictive laws seeking to keep black Americans in a position of inferiority. The 14th Amendment was ratified by nervous Republicans in response to the rise of black codes. What? This ratification was irregular in many ways. <laughs> that's, that's what Wikipedia says. Because anyone who looks in it will see how absurd it is. First, there were multiple states that rejected the 14th Amendment. But when their new governments were created due to Reconstruction, these new governments accepted the amendment. That's what I'm talking about. They had governments. They're in there. The Constitution requires that the national government protect the Republican form of governments in every state. And yet what they did in Reconstruction was bring in military governments, pull out the people who were in there as the basis of actual voting, pulled them out, put military governments in there, and those military governments were basically ordered to vote for the ratification of the 14th Amendment. It's completely impossible that things validly ratified. It's idiotic. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, Legal Man? (laughs) Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now, let's get back to the show. And yet what they did in Reconstruction was bring in military governments, pull out the people who were in there as the basis of actual voting, pulled them out, put military governments in there, and those military governments were basically ordered to vote for the ratification of the 14th Amendment. It's completely impossible that things validly ratified. It's idiotic. But there's more. Here's what else it says. There were also two states, Ohio and New Jersey, that accepted the amendment and then later passed resolutions rescinding that acceptance, right, when they started hearing about how insane it was and what people were talking about, and they saw the southern states being abused. They said, well, screw you. We withdraw ours. We're not going to—we don't ratify it anymore. Of course, that was found to be illegitimate, that they weren't allowed to withdraw it. Well, who found that? The Congress just made it up. So it says— The nullification of the two states' acceptance was considered illegitimate, and both Ohio and New Jersey were included in those counted as ratifying the amendment. (laughs) In other words, they withdrew it, and 
these weren't even slave states. And Congress still went ahead and said, well, you can't withdraw it. Well, where does it say we can't withdraw it? It doesn't say any of it. And in fact, the individual inside Congress who's required to put it in as fully ratified refused to do it. So Congress simply passed a resolution saying that it was done. So there's way, way, way more to the absurd ratification of the 14th Amendment, which makes it clear that it wasn't. And you can see why people in these states were so concerned about it, because the language has all this wiggle room in it, and anybody with half a brain sees it, and they see the way Congress is treating the southern states, and then you get the 14th Amendment. And even with all of that in 18, early 1880s, when civil rights went up to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court struck them down and said, look, these aren't constitutional. <laughs> the Equal Protection Clause has nothing to do with, with this absurdity that they're trying to jam down everybody's throats, force everybody to sort of get along and integrate and everything. You can't force that by law. All the law can do is prevent the state from treating these people differently when it comes to the laws. As soon as you move beyond that, as I've said, you're in a fantasy land where there's no stopping. Tall, short, <laughs> fat, <laughs> ugly, tan. <laughs> it's just made up. And... Their absolute proof for all of that is the 19th Amendment. There's absolutely no way to explain away how the Equal Protection Clause and the Privileges Immunities Clause could ever mean anything at all if they didn't protect the sacred right to vote for women. It didn't even protect people who were of majority, 18 in other states. They had to pass yet another amendment to do that. And yet now, where are we? running around arguing about trans drag shows and whether the Constitution protects that. And the Supreme Court's wading in with all its LGBTQ crap and gay marriage and everything else. It's all fantasies, people. See, it's all fantasies. And who's responsible for all this confusion? Who? Constitutional conservatives and media and academia who allow this confusion to go on and this argument to be framed up in a way that the people have no chance. None at all. You know, the people get along fine, but when you force people to have to interact in ways they don't want to interact, it doesn't work. If you want to live in a white neighborhood, live in one. You want to live in a black neighborhood, live in one. You want to live in an Asian neighborhood, live in one. People like to be around people who they're similar to, and it has really almost nothing to do with skin color. It has to do with culture. It has to do with what you're familiar with. It does. But there are things that have to do with different kinds of people that are different. Asians have a look that's very similar, all dark hair and certain kind of eyes and certain kind of face. White people have a certain kind of look. Black people have a certain kind of look. They do experiment after experiment and show that white people have a difficult time seeing differences in black people and Asians. And Asians have a difficult time seeing differences in white people and black people. And black people have a difficult time seeing differences in the white people and the Asians. Because as a little tiny infant, you're seeing these faces that look like you and that's what you get trained into. This is not racism. It's just basic stuff. And the fact that you can't even talk about it and be honest about it is ridiculous. There are differences between people. There are differences between culture, and some people are more comfortable with it. People get along well when they're allowed to choose what they want to do, not be forced into it. And there's just a massive difference between trying to control what is private interaction and what is the difference between the law allowing of black people to be hung and ignoring it. (laughs) It's outrageous and insane, of course. But it went on after the stupid Constitution. It goes on now in every kind of way. You think that black people have been treated well as a result of the great society the LBJ put in? Completely wrecked their entire culture and society? 
<laughs> destroys all their family units. So there's governments always out to do this to people. They hardly just pick on black people. They pick on all sorts of people. That's the design. But black people have been screwed by government again and again and pretend that somehow by forcing everybody to live together and be trans and celebrate trans drags, and it doesn't make any sense. This is the problem. You have hundreds of millions of people and they disagree. And the so-called system for solving it and finding so-called answers and so-called law are just made up and they aren't true. And constitutional conservatives are the worst offenders because the people who want limited government, freedom and understanding and believe the Constitution says something are all totally and completely misled. And it is ditch that can never, ever work. It can never, ever work. And when I do another show and explain some of these cases and you'll see how they're all over the board, you'll see that this stuff is made up and you're never going to know what the answer is. And even if the Supreme Court was completely and totally consistent, the way you get agreement in a society and get laws is not by having some star chamber dictate them to them. You have the people decide what they want. That's why jury nullification is so important because it allows people in each individual area to decide what they want to do, what kind of laws they want to have. If you don't like those areas, you need to move. That's the same reason there's federalism. You don't like the laws in some state, and you don't think that the people are being treated well, and you think the people in the state are racist, then you need to move, regardless of what kind of race you are. You don't like the state, the area, for whatever reason. The entire purpose of federalism was to make sure that you had 50 different places doing things their own way, and you had some basic stuff that held us together. But once you get away from those very fundamental things that government's not allowed to do and treat you differently, it's all unhinged and there's no way to calculate it. And anybody can look around and see the government doesn't treat everybody the same because if you're connected to government, whether you're black, white, Asian, Mexican or anything else, if you're connected to government, you can do whatever the hell you want. And in fact, if you're a big time lib, you have absolutely nothing to worry about if you're connected to government. You can just commit crimes all over the place and nothing happens. Nobody seems to care about that. What's the equal protection there? Look at the tax code. There's no equal protection there of the law. It makes no sense. They can just take all the money from certain people, give other people exemptions and credits. The equal protection law is just another one of these made-up things. It's just another made-up thing that's all screwed up by government. And no part of it is an accident. It's all a plan, people. It's all a plan. Look around. They want more and more control. Has government gotten more and more control? Yes, it always has. It always goes in one direction, more and more government control. So government's succeeding. So stop saying the government's incompetent and boobs and stupid. And you're just calling yourself a fool at that point. Because if a fool and incompetence like that can get control of everything and win every kind of battle, what does that say about you? <laughs> Wake up. It's not incompetent. It's not full of fools. The government is not there to do anything you imagine. And the constitutional conservatives don't tell people the truth. That's all. That's all. So I'll do another show or maybe at least one more, maybe two more. Depends on how far I get in the next show. But now you have the structure. You have the Overton window you've been put in and you can see how preposterous it is. And I'll talk about more later. So that's all I'm going to say today. If you want to follow me, you can. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Crime Review on Twitter. The Jones Plantation movie came out. We had a private screening in Phoenix went really well. People really liked it. We're going to be at Pork Fest on June 21st, and we're going to have a screening in Dallas in July. I don't have the dates. I hope people support this movie when it's digitally available to purchase. I hope they buy a bunch of copies, watch it, like it, make the thing become a huge cult classic because its message is great. There's never been a movie like it. Trust me. (laughs) 
And if we make money on this movie, then we're going to make more movies. And uh, movies with a message is a great way to reach people. Very, very subtle. So I also want to thank the people in Patreon who support my show. I really appreciate you guys. You know I take a lot of risks making it, and I appreciate the fact that you guys kick some skin in the game because the reality is the stuff I tell people and explain to people, there's just nobody else doing it. That's all. And it's not that other people don't have good shows. They do, but my show is very unique because it comes from a legal perspective that most people simply do not understand. So thank you to the people who support my show. Beyond that, I don't think there's anything else to say, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man.